Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I chat with a different member of the magic community every single week, and we share tips, tricks, tragedies, triumphs with a focus on Magic Arena. Well, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We're in the middle of Zendikar Rising spoilers. Uh, there's a lot of new cards coming out, and I wanted to talk to someone that's been previously on the podcast that's uh, taking a little hiatus, but is raring to get back into magic. So please welcome back Will Hargit. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Pretty good so far. Just trying to beat the heat. We have literally a, a 4,000 acre forest fire that's having that's happening about uh, 30 miles away from me. So I've got to turn on my fan. Oh, oh good. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you stay safe. Yes, I think I think it'll be okay. They're they're starting to uh, contain it and so forth. And uh, if I look out towards the east, I I can see a plume. Not at the moment, but on the last no. couple of days. But I could see a plume of the smoke, and it's I don't see anything at the moment. Hey, just let me know if you need to take a break for a second and go fight some fires in your yard. Of course, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta turn on the hose and water things yeah. down before <laughs> it all goes off. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about yourself? How are you doing in general? I'm doing great, you know, since uh, quarantine started, I've basically just been working. Luckily, I, I work from home, so my 9 to 5 life hasn't changed too much. Mm -hmm. However, my after 5 life has changed a lot. Um, a lot of the times on weekdays, I would go to uh, different magic events around town, you know, local modern events, standard events, and whatnot. And of course, as most people know, those, uh, those events have been postponed until early 2021, so I'm just looking mm -hmm. at my all my decks. And all that. However, me and a couple friends, uh, we decided to start getting uh, into EDH since then, and we've been having a great time with all that. So, but overall, I've yeah, overall, I've been great. How have you been? I've been good. Just uh, my job. Also, I'm I'm an educator, so I can do my job from home, oh, and I've been awesome. doing that yeah. since actually since way back in March, March. Uh, March, which was a Friday the 13th, actually, is when I start counting when I started my quarantine. Um, and so yeah. since then, and uh, it's, you know, online classes, uh, it's working fine. I've, I've always been a techie person. So I've always incorporated online stuff in my classes, but now it's mandated. So I, I haven't had to transition very difficultly over to online education. And it's more about the personal stuff about not really being able to go out like before. And to be honest, in the beginning, it was, you know, the first one or two months or so, it was a little difficult. Like I would be used to driving to a college campus. I would be used to driving frequently, like whatever I wanted to do. And then in the beginning, it was a little challenging about, okay, my house is as far as I can go. So I've got to make the effort that this table over here is for it, where I do my work. And this table over here is where I do my magic stuff. And over here is where I do this and that. And when I got that under control, it was like, yeah, it's not so bad. And people are adaptable. Yeah, that's what everyone says about working at home. You just gotta, you just gotta get better at time management. So I know some yeah. people have problems with it. I have a you know, I originally worked from from home, and some of my coworkers, it feels like they're working just twenty four seven. Like, mm -hmm. we'll get messages at like two or three a.m. about uh, some some project. I'm like, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you awake? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think we're all managing. So yeah, thanks for that. Catch up. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, let's tell people about where we can find you online about any of your endeavors. Yeah, so uh, my, the main thing that I do is stream on Twitch. My Twitch username is Hargit618. Uh, I consider myself kind of a variety streamer. Started off uh, with Magic. 
doing arena, did it about two to three times a week, and then kind of switched that to about once a week now, and switched to, like I said, switched to a little bit of a variety, doing uh, Soulsborne games, of course, like I said, Magic, and of course, everyone's doing it, and I'm part of the trend too, Fall Guys. Oh, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> I, got my, I got my first win oh, two weeks ago, and I screamed, and I cut the stream, and then my roommate came up and was like, are you okay? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not okay. How are you? <laughs> so, but that's that's primarily where you, you can find me, Harget618. And if you look up that name anywhere, you can also find my Twitter, Instagram, and there's a Facebook page and whatnot. So yeah, come, come check me out. I'm very friendly. Come strike up a chat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, come, come hang out and join this awesome community. So. Okay, cool. I keep hearing about Fall Guys, but it's like I can't get addicted to another online game, so I'll just stay with Magic. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, it's a problem. It's literally so. The game is cross compat. It's not cross compatible, and I've got it for PS4 and PC. So originally, I bought it for PC. I was like, "Oh, it's twenty bucks. That's not bad." Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends messaged me as soon as I hit purchase and said, "Oh, dude, it's free on PS4." I'm like. oh wow so now i have it on but which is actually just it's a blessing too because you know now i can just play with whoever however whenever i get on the pc one all my ps4 friends are like hey where are you i'm like oh well (laughs) playing with other people so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's a problem Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. well uh thanks for sharing those social media things um let's give people an incentive to follow you in terms of let's talk a little bit about your magic origin story like what was the year or set that you started with and like what is what nowadays what colors or archetypes or whatever do you like to play yeah for sure so um the first event that i ever did was the corset 2013 Mm pre-release um i was actually working at a boy scout camp where i was a uh, snake wrangler Hmm. and yeah Hmm. Yeah, we can get on that later. That's why people should follow you, actually. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm a snake ring. I've had an interesting career. (laughs) But but, yeah, um, all all the people at camp were playing that. And originally, when I was younger, I played Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that. And I told myself after Yu-Gi-Oh! I was like, right, I'm not going to play another card game. I can't do it. And then it was my 16th birthday, I believe. And two of my friends bought me a um an avacyn restored starter deck and i was like oh no (laughs) and you know now we're here so um but i remember i got that and then uh i found this thing called a fat pack and i used my first paycheck at (laughs) the uh, camp to buy one and i remember the first uh the first rare that i ever pulled was from that starter deck it was a silver blade paladin (laughs) and the first mythic i ever pulled was a crater hoof behemoth which i still own (laughs) and you know i'll never trade that one yeah so, <laughs> that's definitely a keepsake oh yeah well it originally it was only like a five six dollar card so i was like i didn't really really even care and now it's like 60 bucks because you know yeah turns out uh, an eight mana win the game card is real good so <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought the big old boy so <laughs> but yeah um uh, got into started playing casually um uh, just started playing casually and then started playing competitive Really not till Hour of Devastation. Because I kind of just played casually with my friends. Like, we did a couple of GPs and stuff, but I didn't consider myself, like, a grinder or anything like that. Then, uh, right after college uh, was when Hour of Devastation came out. I was like, okay, cool, I'll get into Magic. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll look into Magic a little bit more, which I never got out of it. I always had, like, like an EDH deck, a modern deck, and a 
and uh, a legacy deck. And so I got into to Hour of Devastation, and I think the first uh, the Challenger decks came out, if you remember... If you remember those, it was yeah, like yeah. four standard decks. I was like, okay, cool. This is, will be an easy way for me to get in the magic game, or at least standard. So I got all four of them. I built the deck that I thought was best, and then I, I entered it into a uh, one of those game day tournaments where you win a mat, and I came in first. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I guess I'm good still. Yeah. <laughs> and like all the people, all all the people are on the store. Like, who is this? <laughs> like, like, I'm Will. What's up? <laughs> so, and ever since then, you know, we've, I've met a, I've met a lot of cool people. We've gone to many events, traveled across the U.S. playing Magic. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, right now we're on a little bit of a hiatus, but you know, mm-hmm. still talk, still yeah. talking. Whatnot. I've met people from, like, like I said, all over the U.S. People from Midwest. I do. I really do want to go out to, uh, out west. We were going to go to uh, GP Las Vegas mm-hmm. this year or Magic big Fest one. Las Vegas. Yeah, but you know that got canceled. Which I have a flight still, so eventually I will go to Vegas. Yes, mm-hmm. if it, hopefully for Magic, but if not, I guess I'll go gamble. So <laughs> you know, oh darn, get gamble, aka open Magic packs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Well, thanks for that origin story, and um, we've got a lot of uh, new Magic stuff to talk about. We've got a brand new set coming out very very soon. Uh, let me let me back up a quick bit. Do you remember, like, at the end of 2019, Wizards revealed, like, here's our full slate of sets coming out in the far future of 2020. Do you remember that yeah, sort of yeah. reveal? What did you think so about it back ago. then? Yeah, what did you think about it back then when they said we're returning to Zendikar? I thought it was sweet. Zendikar is one of the most, uh, you know, popular popular sets that's ever come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I, like, when I started in 2013, uh... Was it Zendikar would have just... It was the set that previously rotated. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing to me were those full art basic lands. And mm-hmm. I thought they were so cool. And, like, one of the first things that I bought when I wanna, when I did well at an F&M, I got, like, $9 store credit. So I bought, like, mm-hmm. I think it was Islands. And they were just a dollar each. I was like, oh, man, this feels so cool now. And then uh, when Battle for Zendikar came out, I was like, oh my gosh, now I have all these full art basic lands. Mm-hmm. And they also announced the expeditions. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. It was just great. I love land-based stuff. Landfall is one of my favorite mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite cards they've spoiled so far has Landfall. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just broken. It's so broken. Oh, I know it. I, I play I, I play Commander, and we've played it, uh, of course, in the recent times digitally through web cameras and such. And one of the uh, players has... A, an Avenger of Zendikar deck. Uh, so that's definite landfall uh, shenanigans so you, there. So you definitely know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, yes, of course they have another land to play. Like, you know, sometimes when you get mana flood, you're like, well, I don't need any more lands. But then with that deck, you definitely want more lands to make those plant oh, tokens. Yeah. They start off as zero ones, and then eventually they're like, you know, three, three fours. And it's like, how did that even happen? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just they play that, play a shock land, fetch the shock land, play girl spiral, all that crap. I got a friend that plays uh, Uro of all cards for EDH, and his whole goal is to get like five to six land drops per turn. Yeah. So yeah, his whole thing is get Avenger or Zendikar out, and then make the plants, uh, you know, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it always works. Yeah, always works. <laughs> let's uh let's talk then about the this uh, new set some of the mechanics let's talk about one of the returning mechanics like you just said so right now for um 
for Zendikar Rising, what we've got is we've got four mechanics, two of them returning, two of them new. We've got Kicker, we've got Landfall, those are the classic ones. Then we've got two new ones. We've got Party, and we've also got Modal Double-Faced Cards, which really rolls off the tongue. But yeah, um, right. the original mechanics of Kicker, any general thoughts on Kicker? Kicker's sweet. I think it's very good for... Um, I think it's going to be very good for Limited. Um, there's a few cards that uh, that really stick out, though, um, that have been spoiled so far. Uh, Scourge of the Skyclaves. Have y'all... Have you seen that yet? Let me pull it up right now. It sounds familiar, but tell me about it. Yeah, so it's a two-mana two mana XX, and it's when you cast a spell... Oh, and kicker of four and a black, and if you kick the spell... Uh, each player loses half their life rounded up, oh, and yeah. its power and toughness is equal to 20 minus the highest life <laughs> life total among players. Mm-hmm. And there's some very interesting... Uh, there's some very interesting... I just have some great deck ideas for mm-hmm. this card. Um, they said that there was a card in Aquaria, I forgot what it is, that combos really well with it. Oh, I can't remember what the name of it is. It's a mythic, mythic Abzan Colors. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm talking about, it it's something like it gets creatures worth power ten or less uh, from the graveyard back to the battlefield. And if you get this, it's actually negative. Yeah. Like if you're at twenty, I'll have to pull up the article actually, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's to to do it. But it it was something funky because technically, if you're at twenty, if each of you is at twenty life or at forty life. He would technically be a negative 20, negative 20. So if you play that card and you target that, mm. you get, you get like, neg- you can get up to 30. Pa- it, it's confusing. <laughs> it, it, like, I'll have, to, I'll have to pull up the article and send yeah. it to you. Sorry, I'm probably just rambling with it. No, but it sounds really cool <laughs> yeah. now. I do remember it now. I don't, I didn't remember the name of it, but I remember Saffron Olive mentioned it and he said, is this like really terrible or really amazing? And then I saw yeah. people's thread about it, uh, replies and stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is one of these fun sort of, it's like not exactly Death Shadow, but it's that sort of card that really yeah. cares about like, okay, life totals. And here it's a minus 20 based on the highest life total among players. So that makes more sense if you're playing Commander where you've got, you know, uh, several people and different life totals. If it's like more like a 1v1 and sort of thing, maybe it's not as amazing, but it definitely seems multi multiplayer because it even mentions among players. And the the kicker, yeah, it could come in as a um, it can come in as as the creature as the demon by itself with just two mana. But if you kick it for uh, that seven mana, it does even more shenanigans and people lose half their life. So really wacky, just dealing with the battlefield of people if you add that kicker. So I I like kicker in terms of it, you could do something with it early on if you've got the mana for it early on. And then if you've yeah. got more mana for it a little bit later, you might be able to wait and then get something out of it there. Like uh, not in this set, but I back in Dominaria, there was uh, Grow from the Ashes, which for, you know, whatever, like two mana or whatever, three mana, you can get one, uh, you can go you can go tutor a land and put it into play but if for five mana you can get two lands instead and they yeah. come in untapped so i really like using that in 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 ramp decks so yeah i like kicker um yeah that one is great um i really like thieving skydiver too if you've seen that one kicker x where x can't be zero when it enters you gain control of an artifact with mana x or less mm-hmm. and then for some equipment you attach it to thieving skydiver there's a cool 
couple cool things you can do. Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is EDH. You literally pay three mana and you can steal someone's soul ring. So yeah. <laughs> that just seems good, right? Yeah. Um, the other one is we had a, me and a couple guys had a idea for a modern deck. Um, do you know what the card uh, Coloss- Colossus Hammer is? Yeah, that's the one mana give a creature 8-8 eight, eight, or 10-10 ten, ten or something, yeah. but you have to equip it for 8. Yep. So um, if you play Feeding Skydiver, it says gain control of target artifact. You can target your own. So for three mana, mm-hmm. you can play Thieving Skydiver, equip, a, equip that, and make your Thieving Skydiver a 10-9. Mm-hmm. So cute idea that we were thinking of mm-hmm. as well. And then the last card I'm going to mention with Kicker that really impressed me is Jace. I think uh, Jace is a sleeper. I think he's very I think he's very good. A lot of people just kind of waved him off, but mm-hmm. no, I think he's actually I think he is very good, especially with the kicker cost. Basically it's a free card. So Yeah, I think people are are jaded with okay, three fairy. The three mana Teferi has been one of the most uh, warping cards. And Oko, Oko was a three mana Planeswalker as well. And people are jaded that like, oh, if it doesn't do this, this, and this for three mana, like, wh- why do I, why would I play it? Now things are going to rotate. Things have rotated. Things have been banned and so forth. So people are, I think they are sleeping on these, on this new, on these new Planeswalkers just because they were so jaded with, you know, Nissa who shakes the world that even though it, it was mm-hmm. what, five mana, but you could still get her out on turn three because obviously you're The standard a- is going to change so much when, uh, War of the, when War of the Spark rotate, really all yeah. of it, but mostly War of the Spark, we're losing, oh my gosh, how many Planeswalkers are, do you think we're going to lose? 50? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What, there was what, 36 Planeswalkers, and then, you know, you got the other sets, so 42... Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 45-ish Planeswalkers are leaving, mm-hmm. so standard's gonna look very different. And I'm seeing also that there's uh, a big reliance, or I'm seeing a lot of undertones of equipment in uh, Zendikar Rising. Like you just mentioned about Thieving Skydiver, you can auto-attach equipment. I've been seeing several equipment that you can auto-attach as soon as it... Um, gets put onto the battlefield and this one's cool that it steals it and auto attaches itself so instead of having oh, to yeah. pay that huge amount for that hammer you just get it put automatically oh yes one thing that i noticed about the skydiver that's pretty funny is it says x cannot be zero right so oops i cannot steal what the mocks uh and that sort of thing can't steal that lotus man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they uh they thought about that so. yeah and I like Jace as well uh, with that kicker. It's exactly, it's a free card. So if you want to pay the three at the beginning, you get one Planeswalker and you start doing stuff. You start scrying or pulling cards from the top. Or if you just wait a little bit more and can do five mana, you get two Jaces and one. Well, the little Jace will help you do the scry to see what you're going to pull. And then the big Jace will help you then get that perfect card off the top so that it doesn't hopefully wipe out the, the loyalty of the big Jace. And I think that's an oh, interesting exactly. ability that lose loyalty based on the number, based on the mana cost of the top of the card. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Dauntless Unity. This is one of these commons, and this is one of these ones for like uh, perhaps limited and such. Two mana. Uh, Dauntless Unity is an instant. Uh, creatures you control get plus one until end of turn. Okay, plus one, plus one. Well, if you kicked it for two more, so four in total, if this spell was kicked, those creatures get plus two, plus one until end of turn instead. So that's for like a great aggressive finisher, perhaps. Uh, oh, yeah, you've got a great. bunch of creatures yeah. out there. You're do, you're going in for your attack. Maybe the opponent doesn't block one or two of the little ones. But whoops, I've got four mana 
open in in my deck and I pay four in total, two plus the kicker, and now they all got a plus two plus one. And I kind of like that those unsymmetrical buffs. Like back when I when I first played, I played back in the nineties, and back then we had these really like give a creature plus two plus two or a plus three plus three. They don't do that anymore. Now they say give a creature three plus one plus one counters. But I like when they still kind of throw it back to to the old weirdness of that. And this is one of those, which is give a creature, give all creatures plus two, plus one. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of uh, Inspired Charge. Because I believe Inspired Charge was one of the first ones that did yeah. that plus two, plus one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are all, they're all sweet. It's... <laughs> What do you think about, uh, do you ever play, uh, do you ever dabble like in maybe some sort of aggro decks, Boros aggro or mono red or oh, mono white I'm, aggro? I'm always aggro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very aggro. Um, if I can help it, I'll try to play an aggro deck. My favorite types of deck are creature-based aggro decks. So humans in modern is my favorite deck. Um, what is it? Merfolk would be kind of down my alley, but I like humans Humans more, elves, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so buffs like that are is what i love yeah all right cool um yeah so i think kicker is gonna come back and be pretty fun in a variety of ways in a variety of formats um let's talk about then landfall you it sounded like you really like landfall let's let's talk about landfall oh landfall's so (laughs) it's so good (laughs) so i guess you're really happy that uh, lotus cobra is back oh yeah i love that lotus cobra is back um i love the so my favorite card of the set right now is, like I said, has Landfall, and it's a Morog. I really like that card, if you've seen that one. So yeah, it's each creature you control gets plus one, plus O oh for each time it's attacked this turn. With Landfall, every time you play a land, you get an extra combat. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but uh, that's basically what it is. So I had, as soon as I saw this card, I had an idea of... It's really red-green monsters with a splash of blue for Uro. Mm. So what I want is basically, he's going to be the top end, have him, and then the main thing you want to do is get Questing Beast on the field. So if you get Questing Beast on the field with Morag, and then you play a land, Questing Beast will swing. Um, then you'll get another combat, Questing Beast will swing again. And then mm. hopefully if the land is you know Fable Pass or something, you can crack it. And then swing again with Questing Beast, and I, then I just think they're dead. So, well, that sounds like magical it. Christmas land, but I'm on board for it. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> it's, it's a it's a four four five four six four attack, and that's just with Questing Beast. And then you got Morog yeah. that'll also swing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, landfall. I I like how they can just go with such a variety of. Uh, of, of possibilities with it like um i wasn't i didn't play during original zendikar or battle for zendikar but I, I like to go back and look at older sets and all of that and when i got back into magic I, one of the first decks that i built was so I, I got back into it in 2017 right after hour of devastation um and when i got back into it i i built a um selesnia cat deck so one of the ah, ones cats, that i got yes. was the uh I, I think it was the step links that's the one that is a zero two or maybe a zero one uh, for one white mana and then when there's landfall you give it a plus one plus one so i thought that was a really fun ability oh which, yeah yeah i know the card you're talking about yes yes yeah so <laughs> when i was playing in the beginning there that ability of course didn't exist and this was the second mm-hmm. go round in battle for zendikar and i thought this is pretty cool simply playing a 
land gives you something. And even though this little cat starts off as a zero, one, zero, two, whatever it was, when you just drop a land, oh, okay, for end of turn, it's a plus one, plus two, or whatever. So speaking of cats, speaking of landfall, one of the ones that I'm picking is Prowling Felidar. This is a creature cat beast, four mana, one, one in white. It's a 2-3, and it's got landfall. Whenever landfall enters a whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, put a plus one counter, plus one plus one counter on Prowling Felidar. So uh, instead of the step links that would only get it until end of turn, now here is a permanent plus one, and it's just a common. It's not an OP card or anything like that. It's, yeah, it's it's the uh, it's it's your cat, but it grew up. Yeah, exactly. And if yeah. you look at the art, it's really funny because it's actually like holding the the severed limb of some sort of creature it just yeah, finished yeah. biting. Yeah, that card is going to be a house unlimited. I'll tell you that much. So, yeah, exactly. Anything go this limited set's going to be amazing. So, so many lands, so many land stuff going on. So many land stuff and the and the kicker going on all together. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fantastic. <laughs> You know, I, there's nothing to there's nothing to uh, fetch up a basic land, is there? Oh no, no, there there's green spells. Uh, I'm I'm looking at at I'm looking at it like in a limited standpoint, mm. but yeah, yeah, nothing like that. So there's many things that I want to try out. Um, was it uh, the new Nissa is insane too? The Golgari Nissa. Oh yeah, that's kind of cool that we're seeing her. She was originally just mono green, then she got a splash of blue in Amonkhet, and then now she's got black. So eventually we're gonna have gold. Uh, eventually we're gonna have Rakdos. Uh, no, you know, she's gonna be all the colors. She's gonna be uh, actually Gruul. She's gonna be Gruul eventually, all the colors and just a rainbow Nissa. <laughs> See it? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like Omnath. Well, there's a four color Omnath now. Yeah. Just just get, add, add the fifth one already, man. Just, <laughs> just yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, the the biggest tragedy is that we're not gonna have Omnath and Nibmizzet in the same standard. It's like I have so much jank that I want to brew with this. <laughs> it's it's not gonna yeah. happen. Not in the same standard, but you know, they'll still be uh pioneer or modern shenanigans afoot. Oh yeah. I'm very okay with that. So that Om Omnath, it impressed me for several reasons. It's, you know, one more color to make uh a pretty complex um, commander deck out of, but then this has got like whatever. I don't. It doesn't even have an official term, but it's like progressive landfall. In that, if you drop a land at the first time, you get the first ability of it. You do it again, you get another thing, and then if you get it to the third one, you're doing the damage to all opponents. Oh yeah, this card was built for EDH, like in <laughs> mind, of course. So you know. Everyone is going to try to play Omnath and just throw in as many fetch lands, as many, you know, search effects as possible, just so you can get all the cool abilities. Like, I don't even know what I'm putting in Omnath. I'm going to build it. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to put in there other than Omnath and fetch lands. I don't know what else I'm putting in. Yeah. Well, you have so many possibilities with all the four colors, so it'll just build itself, I bet. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to throw good cards in until it's good. So. Yeah. What a what a surprise! Good cards help you win the game. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. And then there's also uh, what is it? Baby Avenger Sundagar? Was it Phylath? The World Sculpture? That was yeah. a good add to it. I love all the landfall cards. Basically, every time I talk about landfall, it's like there's just it's just mm -hmm. so good. So because I think Phylath, what it is is it does the first effect of Avenger Avenger Sundagar where it puts as many plants mm -hmm. on the battlefield equal to your lands, but the difference is. Uh, when you play a land, one of the lands gets four plus one counters on it. So, which is still insane. It's I don't think it's as good as Avengers Zendikar, but it's 
it's still mm-hmm. pretty pretty good i mean when it inter- when i mean when you play a land you instantly have another four or five so yeah. <laughs> like there's no way that's bad right mm-hmm. <laughs> i think he's gonna be a house in standard yeah. um Will it be playing EDH? Probably not. I think people are still going to play Avengers Endicar, but... <clears throat> it might still be part of the 99, so you kind of get doubles yeah, out yeah, of it if true. you can tutor it up or just play it naturally. So more cards of the same sort of idea in Commander, especially when you've got one ofs, makes your deck stronger. So I think it'll find a home yeah. in that same, you know, Zend- Avengers Endicar Jr. That's yeah, true. That is very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it'll So... so I don't read as much as I would like uh, Mark Rosewater's articles, but I definitely listen to his podcast every every week. And I like his behind the scenes of it all in how did a set get made or what's an idea for this and, you know, spoilers and previews and all of that. And so he he's, he's always talking about how the original Zendikar, he wanted to make a Lands Matter set. And a lot of the times when he talks about, let's do this wacky thing, he mentions that people in the company are like, no, that's too weird. People aren't going to like it. I don't know. Maybe later. And he was fighting and fighting for several things throughout the decades that he's worked at Wizards. And one of them was Landfall. So they did it in original Zendikar and people loved it. And it was another feather in his cap to say, see, I told you people love people love this stuff. So uh, Landfall was and the original Zendikar. People loved it. Um Battle for Zendikar, from what I understand, because I wasn't quite playing it, um, it wasn't as beloved as original Zendikar. Do you have it any didn't, answer? Yeah, it didn't feel the same. It was uh, the landfall mechanic is really what made it, made that set. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know when you when original Zendikar came out, you had landfall with fetch lands, mm-hmm. so it was ridiculous. Let's <laughs> say ridiculous that you know that was the before they started doing the bannings and all that stuff in standard. Um, the last time there was a ban was during that set when Stoneforge Mystic and mm-hmm. Jace the Mind Sculptor were in the same same set. They had to ban both of them mm-hmm. because it was so powerful, but people loved it. Mm-hmm. So, is, everyone was playing, uh, what was it called? Uh, Hawkblade? Cobblade. Yeah, Cobblade. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cobblade. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, can't do that. And... Yeah, and then nowadays, they it really, if you look back in the history of it all, there's been more bands ever before in Standard than ever. But on the one hand, I think it's good that they're exper- that Wizards is experimenting with powerful things, and sometimes formats break, and okay, you do a ban. But it's bad in terms of, okay, I bought these cards in real life, and then now they're worthless or next to worthless, and it really makes me redo my deck. So uh, wh- where do you fall on that? You know, it might be too controversial, but where do you fall on that in terms of too many bans, not enough bans, too much experimentation, keep it safe? Like, what do you think? So the thing is, the bans uh, started because people were asking for it. People were yeah. asking around, uh, oh, well, was it just every set, the same, yeah. like, this card is too powerful. Do you think this should be a standard ban? Do you think this should be a standard ban? And people were saying, like, uh, because of, like, the state of standards, um, they basically they weren't making, people weren't buying product because they were like, well, the standard kind of sucks. I don't want to play it anymore. So mm-hmm. their way of fixing it was, all right, well, we're going to listen to what people what people are saying. Let's make a standard ban list so when a deck becomes too powerful, uh, like, for example, Team or Energy, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> when uh, before it was banned, uh, there were three events where there were, was it, there were, 
just all eight of the top eights are team yeah. energy. They're like, let's just ban, let's just ban it. Uh, let's see what happens. So they banned. Uh, what is it? They banned um, Smuggler's Copter. Tomb- yeah, Smuggler's Copter, a tomb with Aether. Um, they spanned uh, Rogue Refiner and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then they tried to make a healthier format. What the, what originally was is they were they were listening to you know the customers. <laughs> they were listening yeah. to the community. It was basically like we want a ban list, mm-hmm. so you know some things are broken. But of course, you know when they ban something, people are going to complain <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. For example, you know they ban. I don't think anyone banned anyone complained when they banned Oko. They were just saying mm-hmm. that that was just bad card design. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I heard people complain. I, however, I did hear people complain when Fires of Invention got banned yeah. and all that. So now, what people are doing is they're complaining. They're complaining about the people creating the cards, saying that they're not really testing it because mm. clearly there are there is a set best deck in each one of these standards, and people are fi- finding them. And the creators are just like, "Oh, we never thought about <laughs> we never mm. thought about that. Oh, we should probably ban that because that seems a little too powerful. So it makes them look bad." Yeah, unfortunately, because the the team at Wizards, let's say there's even, let's say, 20 people that are on the team for testing. Yeah, well, 20 doesn't compare to the 20 million or so that play and people constantly playing on Moto or Magic Arena or on paper or or brewing or whatever. So when you have the hive mind of all Magic players, yeah, they're going to find the best deck, the best deck in this set, in this standard, whatever. And it, it does... Uh, it does tarnish the image of, uh, well, why didn't Wizards test it enough? And why didn't they plan it enough? Supposedly, they, they plan two years in advance. But yeah, it's there's just so many cards, so much time, so much personnel. And the answer is, yeah, hire more people. Sure, but still, how many people are you going to need to hire compared to the hive mind of the internet? So I'm on the side that let Wizards, you know, experiment and do things. And okay, Companions, I guess their first version was broken and they had to change that. And I guess, okay, Oko, yeah, that should have been a minus instead of a plus to make food and whatever. But yeah. it's. Uh, I still think if if you if you play it too safe, um, you know people talk about how Ixalan was a, was a low point, which I I like it for the nostalgia of it, even though it's funny to talk about nostalgia only a few years ago. But when I yeah. got back into Magic, that was the first set that debuted. That was the first block that debuted. I'm like, wow, Merfolk and pirates and dinosaurs. I love it. So I get nostalgia for it, even though the people that are entrenched are like, well, it was so low power. It was like so kind of linear, like, oh, you're either a Merfolk deck or you're either this or that. And, uh, you know, there's that pendulum about we swung the pendulum pretty far with Oko and Questing Beast and Nissa and Fires and all of that. And now if we're swinging it back, I'm fine with that, you know, back and forth, but just don't keep it stagnant in one thing, either too powerful or too weak. I agree. Um, the biggest problem that we saw is, I don't know if people have been saying this online, but me and my friends have, have pointed this out, that if there wasn't a ban list, there uh, right now there would be a standard with Oko, Uro, mm-hmm. Gross Spiral, um, yeah. Wilderness Reclamation. You see where I'm going yeah. with this, where these would all be in the same deck. Yeah. Um, and that would be ridiculous. Can you imagine a no banless standard tournament right now? Yeah. Where you would have all those, you would have uh, Teferi, you, mm-hmm. um, you can, you know, Splash Wife Teferi, you have five mana Nyssa. Nexus. <laughs> yeah, Nexus. Uh, would Nexus be insane? Nexus, uh, hmm, that's a good point. Was that M nineteen? I guess it was. M19. I think it was M nineteen. So that yeah. that was a miss. I guess barely. I'm so. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm so traumatized by it. It's still in my mind. Yeah, I'm traumatized by it too. Don't worry. <laughs> it, it's I'm, it's just banned forever, please. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, just a ridiculous. Like it was ridiculous. Where 
you know, they planned this a couple years out. So there was a plan for a deck that was this powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it was, it's ridiculous. Like I kind of want to build it and just see like, like how how good it would be. Yeah, after all, if you play 1v1 on Arena, that's no holds barred there, and you can see who wins that ultra-powerful mirror match with your friend on, on Arena. Yeah, exactly. I, ha- I haven't fired up, um, up uh, Mitko in a while, but uh, was that the ability also to play 1v1 whenever you wanted, or 4v4? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I never played much of Magic Online. I, I did it in early 2018 as i was waiting for my invite for her magic arena and i played it until about april and then sorry to say i haven't fired up Ma- magic online since 2018 april uh, it's all about arena for me or real life yeah i understand that the only time that i really fire up uh arena or not not arena <laughs> i don't fire up arena every day um uh, moto is uh when they do their vintage cubes yeah vintage and legacy cubes because those are so much fun one of my friends built a uh, legacy cube like the newest list in paper and we've been drafting that and it's mm-hmm. it's great because you know i always have a plan i'm like all right i know exactly you know i'm gonna get a very powerful card and i got splinter twin pack one all right cool we're doing this and i always <laughs> three i three owed with it the last time we did it yeah so. now it's not exactly on that level but i have enjoyed the couple of times that they've put cube on arena and at the moment as of this recording uh there's been the tinkerers cube and that one when i was streaming it this past saturday um, I was remarking to everyone on the stream about like, wow, like here, here's five rare cards in this pack, you know, pack one. And that's mm-hmm. what cube is. It's like, you know, best collection of, of cool, interesting, powerful cards. And it's not, it doesn't have the same rules as regular draft. It's like, you can still do archetypes as it, the more that you know the cube. And as I started playing people, I saw, oh, okay, people were able to create a great enchantment deck or this deck or that yeah. deck. And since it was my only first, it was my first time at that cube, I didn't know what the archetypes were. I didn't really research it. I went into it blind. So I just got a, punch, a pile of good stuff, which didn't synergize as well as possible. I think I went two and seven or whatever, but I saw a yeah. lot of great cards and and I'm going to play that cube again. So when you have like real cube on, on Moto, definitely that's a whole other level. Yeah, cubes are cubes are great. Um, I really didn't get into cubing until about last year, and it's it's all it's always a fun time. So mm-hmm. I've made a few cubes in real life. It's just that uh, I don't I don't have any of the power cubes. It's more like these are cards that I have because I you know I buy a box every set, and it's like let me just make a cube out of these random things. Try to make a archetypes out of them, and I've played it a few times with my play group, and it's been fun. So cubing is yeah. is a is a is another way to play. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's fantastic i love it you know you're able to play you know it's you're able to play very powerful cards that you would not normally play in constructed formats so recommend it if people haven't tried it uh, and a uh, shout out to, I think, Card Kingdom. They have a ready-made cube you can pick up right away, and it's been curated and put together, and uh, that's one way to get into it. If you want to play more Magic, and, and who wouldn't, go check that out. So we talked about some mechanics that already existed, and we talked a little bit about bands and so forth. Let's talk about two new mechanics uh, that... Uh, may or may not take off and one of them is party so we're finally able to party on wayne in the world of magic uh general thoughts on the new party mechanic um (laughs) to be honest it's a very sweet mechanic i don't know if it's going to see much constructed play but it is i love the the flavor of it Hmm. uh spoils of adventure is 
is the first card that I saw with Party. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is real cute. <laughs> this is a real cute card. The art really works well with it too, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it does. It's um. It seems. Uh, I think it's very good for a limited. I don't think it's powerful enough. Uh, for a like competitive constructed deck. Um, however, I do think with this mechanic, I think what they're trying to do when they released it, I think that was when they were uh, releasing the uh, that new set that's coming out instead of core set this year, the the uh, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. theme. Because you can tell this is a very Dungeons and Dragons themed um, you know mechanic, yeah. and I can go ahead and tell you this: it's coming. It's gonna show up in the Dungeons and Dragons set. Like I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it would be a big missed opportunity if they don't, because yeah. a a party is uh, con- in in the world of Magic consists of a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard, and up to one. So, uh, for for if people are looking at this for the first time, no, you cannot have two clerics and get double double off of that it can be up to one of each of these and um so from like the classic D parties although there they had fighter right but we don't quite have fighters in, in in magic we have warrior and so it's a it's usually a cost reduction to give you cool stuff so spoils of war six mana but if you've got the party it'll drop it down to two mana one white one blue and it draws you three cards and three life so that's what party is in general and there's a variety of different types of party cards but i like that i like that one that you picked definitely i like that one as well i agree i agree um it's sweet a lot of my friends were asking so i'm a judge also mm-hmm. um they were asking about how this works with changeling saying if oh, it yeah. counts as all of them it's like nope because <laughs> it's because it's one instance of the object right that's why it wouldn't yes. count for all of them mm-hmm. that's why uh they were just confused about it. I was like, no, that'd be broken. So yeah. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Quick aside, how long have you been a Magic Judge? I've been a judge uh, for about a year now. Uh, cool. When they did a Judge Account Academy, I finally decided that I wanted to do it. So um, what I did was kind of during my free time uh, at work, I would work on the assignment. So if you go to Judge Academy, you can take all the classes. And basically, as long as you pass the classes, you're able to take a test to be a rules advisor. Mm-hmm. Once you become a rules advisor, it's the same thing. You unlock more classes. You take those classes, take different tests and whatnot. Once you do that, you get an exam for your L1. And it's something like you need to make a 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to make an 80 to pass. As long as you do that, you become an L1. And then basically, this allows you to become a judge. And then you just have to pay the dues. And then you get your promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can run judge events and do stuff like that so okay, if cool. you're ever thinking about becoming a judge i do recommend going to judge academy checking mm-hmm. it out seeing if it's a right fit for you do you have any experience with other judges so you can kind of compare and contrast the old system with this new system uh, not really unfortunately um i have one friend that most of the judges that judge in our local area have been judges since like since I have been playing Magic. Mm-hmm. We have one new one, and I can tell that you know he's he takes it very seriously. He's a very good person, mm-hmm. um, and I can tell that he knows the he knows the rules pretty on point. Uh, he, mm-hmm. Like whenever somebody asks a question, he knows it right away. A lot of the times, the other judges when they hear when they hear a question, they have to go on to they have to go to a, on a website to yeah. double check. So that one secret judge website that you all have, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, that might just be him. It might yeah. just be that you know he's very confident, and then the other people just aren't as confident in their answers. Because mm-hmm. 
you know, it's one thing, it's one thing when you're asking someone at an FNM be like, hey, um, you know, this creature has death touch and trample and I'm blocking like this. How much damage do I take? Like, you know, that's an easier one. Um, and then on the other hand, you'll have people that are just randomly will come up and say, Hey, what happens if you have two nether voids on the field? <laughs> and they're like, hang on, what? So this actually happened. Yeah. We had, uh, oh, sorry. No, it wasn't two nether voids. It was two chains of Mephistopheles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy gets, the judge gets a call at 1 AM in the morning before we go to a <laughs> legacy event. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, hello. He's like, hey, quick question. What happens if you have two of these on the field? He goes, what? what, what? <laughs> he goes <laughs> yeah. off about that. And then, you know, there's always layers questions. Yeah. You know, what happens if you play Spreading Seas and then Blood Moon mm. on, or, you know, Blood Moon on Spreading Seas and crap yeah. like that. Yeah, those are like really deep level things that yeah. when Magic was invented 27 years ago, you would have never yeah. thought about the complexity of these questions and in the i think even in like the rule book they had like well you know if things get weird just house rules rule but then obviously when things got competitive and global and such you really have to lay it down and then you know you have the stack and all of that the rules changes so then okay that you're you're the perfect congratulations then on your on your on your um judgeship and um so you're the perfect person to ask then uh can you explain banding in the most concise way possible Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> just, just play a different card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bring that up because when I was playing back in the '90s, uh, yeah, we had banding, and uh, it was amazing and weird, and no one knew how to play it. And when I got back into Magic, I was playing with these young whippersnappers at the local college. These banding cards, and I was like 98% sure I knew how how it worked. And so it was um, confusing for the newer players. But once they, you kind of figure it out that it's like, okay, you form a band, you distribute the damage how you want, blah, blah, blah. They lose flying yeah. if they band together, blah, 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 yeah, et cetera. Any creatures with band that you control are blocked or being blocked. You basically, what is it? You do, you divide the creature's damage, they don't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of it. And that's the thing, though, when you explain it, it's just like, what? <laughs> what yeah. you explain that one more time? Yeah, because it goes against the tenets of... of of magic as we know it nowadays that i am on the attacker there's no um i'm trying to think of what cards explain what banding is most of the cards do not explain what banding is no i I don't think it's even possible because it's such a wordy explanation um if i remember right the what is it there's only a few cards that have explanations of banding one of them is a token that has banding yep that's cool yeah, I'll I'll have to look I'll have to look it all up because I have a few of the banding stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, here's another very vintage one. Um, any oh, thoughts gosh. on rampage? <laughs> Turn it to a to a test. Yeah, <laughs> <dang> it. <laughs> well, yeah, if you answer this, you're at level two. What about rampage? My God. Okay, hang on. Rampage is if you it. it, it rampage X. So let's say it's mm-hmm. rampage two. It's every creature after the. F- first one uh sorry hang on let me rephrase it so if a creature if it gets blocked by more than one creature for every creature before the first one it gets 
plus two plus two if it's rampage two or something like that. yeah that's pretty it's, much it's it yeah exactly yeah it, it, yeah that's it that's it's what i would say and that was another one of those back in the day that you know like craw giant i think that was one of them like rampage two and it's that's exactly it was a six six and it would get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. And that's a long extinct mechanic as I think well. Crawl Giant was the first one, the first card that had it, if I remember right. <laughs> Most likely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was later on, like maybe in fifth edition or somewhere late in the cycle of things, there was there was a mention, or maybe Mirage, there was a mention of a there was an explanation of Rampage on the card because back in the day it just said Rampage Two. And like if you didn't have the the little magic rule book, it's like, what does that even mean? Because there was no explanation. Uh even banding and such, you had to go read the little book. So uh, nowadays, you can see a card like um, Angel of Destiny that I'm looking at here for Zendikar. It's, I'm not even reading it yet, but it's got a huge wall of text for it to explain what it does. And nowadays, with the magic templating, I think overall they do a really good job of explaining what things do. Although I was mentioning on my stream just a few days ago, I really wish that they would reword it instead of saying something like, X creature can't block. I wish they would simply spell it as X creature cannot block. Because, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, because when you talk about it in real life and you're talking about it really animated, okay, you go, X creature can't block. Now, did you just hear me say can't or did you hear me say can? You know, so if they had <laughs> spelled it out as cannot, I would have loved that. Yes. And there was one more thing. I think like sometimes when. I think there was a card that had kicker or something and it said all creatures get i mean one creature gets whatever and then if you kicked it it said instead all instead okay I, I thought that it needed to have the word any in there even though it's kind of implied i wish sometimes they would use the word any because if the first part without kicked said one target creature does whatever if you kicked it any creature does whatever i wish they would just have that extra any yeah. word Make them more simplistic. I mean, you know, you know, you know, the most complex card uh, with wording and whatnot, Ice Cauldron. Yeah. Have you ever read that card? Yeah. I'm not explaining it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one that cares about what mana you stored into it and then you keep track of it and all of that. And they don't do any of those anymore, really, right? That it has to care about what kind of uh, color of mana you put into it. No, no, Ice Ice Cauldrons, I think, actually came out in either... Ice I think Age. It was Ice Age? Yeah. Ice Age or... Yeah, yeah, it was Ice Age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, but the, the evolution. the stuff. Could you imagine just at an FNM, somebody drops down Ice Cauldron? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that that game is going to time. Yeah. <laughs> just because they have to read the card for, like, three minutes. And the opponent has to read it every single time that the, uh, that the person tries to use it. Yeah. All right, so, okay, party. So I guess it's not as complicated. They're able to put it directly onto the card. It's simply the sentence, your party consists of one of each, although it doesn't say up to, I guess. Your party consists, oh yeah, it does. Your party consists of up to one each of cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. So they're able to put it in one at at one time. Um, I like these various party mechanics because, again, it could be... A creature that does stuff or a spell and one of the spells that I like that has party is I just oh here it is it's um, thwart the grave so six mana sorcery uh, return target creature card and up to one cleric rogue warrior or wizard from your graveyard to the battlefield so six mana in total but if you've got the party you can pay only two for that sorcery to uh, to uh, animate dead more things out of uh, out of the graveyard. Yeah, that card is fantastic. So I like I the art on gonna, it a lot too. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, the art is very. Who, who did that? Like, I think that was the same person that did all of those. Uh, if you saw those showcase Eldraine cards, all of those storybook cards, I think this artist did a oh, lot of those. Really? So I think they're a okay, newer cool, artist. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, they they look like they are. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a very sweet. Um, I think there's gonna be a very sweet party deck that's gonna show up in limited. Um, a lot of people are thinking that rogues might be good enough <laughs> to be played in limited. Mm-hmm. Or not limited and constructed. So, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> well, I have been seeing people try to do like rogue mill with that one jumpstart or not? Yeah, jumpstart card. That one uh, black rogue that when she comes in she mills the opponent and then when any other new rogue yeah, that comes yeah. in you mill more so i think rogues will have their day yeah eventually <laughs> yeah well any other thoughts on party cards before the next mechanic uh no i think i'm good i think we covered pretty much everything i'm just yeah i'm excited to try it i'm excited i'm i'm excited to see if new if uh, players will join that uh you know that really only know magic because you know they're the same company as D and D. See, it's like, oh, they're morphing, and maybe I'll give a try. I know uh, a couple of my friends that played magic that quit now that the they're bringing back D and D stuff. They want to get back into magic, so I think that's what they're hoping for. <laughs> well, let's take a little tangent in terms of synergy. We haven't had really much cross pollination of magic plus D and D, even though it's the same company. Although in D and D, we have had like you know the uh, whatever they're called the gui- the guidebooks, you know the Adventures Guide to Ravnica yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So the cross pollination of things, we then kind of see it accelerated in an interesting way with the Godzilla style of cards in in Ecoria, and then we're gonna get walking dead cards eventually in magic yeah, next year that. That, was, that was weird <laughs> yeah so what do you think about like reaching out beyond the original constraints of uh like yeah, fantasy trying to, uh, incorporate a uh, pop culture yeah. pop culture references and stuff like that but walking dead oh, oh wow I, I didn't know uh that one surprised me. Yeah. The Godzilla ones I will also surprise me. Like any of the stuff that they do right now will surprise me. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm all for for people enjoying magic however they like. So if they want to have like you know the Godzilla version of whatever card, that's cool. If you want to have like you know, uh, I, I'm I'm calling it here. When we get the Walking Dead uh, cards, I bet you Michonne is going to be the alternate art card for Massacre Girl. I bet. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. So I'm all for people having these alternate versions of things. I guess, though, where I draw the line is I just hope that they're, like, you know, reprinted alters of things. Just like, you know, that whatever Godzilla Death Corona was uh, Void Beckon or whatever it was. So I, as long as it's, like, the alternate name of it and it is based on a real card, I guess I'm okay with it. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't really want to have, like, a Rick Grimes card that is not really any other card. You know, it's got to be some sort of card that is based on a real actual magic card but this is my my, yeah. my take on it that's very fair and then all of this other like style of like uh did you see all of these secret layers with like really like trippy art and alternative art and like underground oh, art the, the slime ones yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, wizards is owned by hasbro so i just look up what hasbro owns yeah <laughs> Yeah, that that takes me back. Actually, they had the My Little Pony Friendship is the Gathering or whatever they called it a few yeah, yeah, a few yeah, sets ago. So that was cool too. You yeah. know, have your cool uh, Twilight Sparkle or whoever was in there is part of your deck. That's cool. Hasbro owns uh, Power Rangers, if I remember right. Huh. Monopoly too, yeah. most likely, right? They do own Monopoly. I know they they make Star Wars toys. I don't know. I don't know all the the legal stuff, of course. So. Yeah. 
mean, technically yeah. it's a toy, so. Yeah. Yeah. They made Nerf. They made Nerf guns. Yeah. They made a Nerf gun card a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they make Marvel toys and stuff like that. I'm just browsing the Hasbro website now. Yeah. <laughs> they own Sesame Street. We could have Elmo in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna exit out of that. <laughs> so, the latest, um, the other mechanic that. Um, Zendikar has is the modal double-faced cards. So double-faced cards have been around a little while, and it was usually that upon a certain condition, the card flipped over to something else. So um, this one, though, now is you pick which of the two faces you want. There is, of course, the front face and the back face, and as the card exists in your library or hand, I guess, it's only the front face of it, right, for 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 things that care. It's not both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then so you get to pick which one you want when you cast it, and some of those double face cards, for example, are lands. We have a whole bunch of lands that um, can be useful. Okay, let me pull up one here. So. Here's a basic one over here. So we've got Akum Warrior. On the front of it, it is actually on the on which side? Yeah, on the front of it, it is a Minotaur Warrior for six mana, and you get a four or five trample. But if you can't quite cast that at the moment, perhaps you need a land. So instead, you can choose the mode that it comes in as Akum Teeth, and it is a land that gives you one red mana, comes in tapped. And there's a whole cycle of those kinds of lands that it's either a land on one side which comes in tapped, or it's something else on the other, which might be a creature or sorcery and so forth. So thoughts on these modal double-faced cards? I think they're great. Um, I, I really think that uh, the main purpose of these cards, uh, the main purpose of these cards in a limited standpoint is to make sure you never get mana screwed. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in a standard deck, most people will usually say that you need anywhere from 16 to 17 lands mm-hmm. when you play. Well, if you play a creature that is also a land... <laughs> then hopefully you'll be running like a pseudo 25 land deck. Mm-hmm. So I think flooding, and I'm hoping it'll help with flooding as well, because, you know, hopefully you'll have these as, you know, land creatures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're good. Um, the I haven't been too impressed with the mythic ones so far. Mm. I'll say I don't see a... I don't see a time when you'd be using Seagate Restoration. That's the blue one. Which is draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one, and you have no maximum hand size. Like it's a cute card, but I don't think it's good enough for. We were trying to think. Me and a couple friends were trying to think about it. Like, would we play this in EDH? And we're like, I don't think we would. And we didn't think we played in constructed either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the green one we really like though. Mm-hmm. I like we like the the search. We like the searching for creatures stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I like how they have almost. I, I guess a pseudo vertical cycle of all of this because in in all of the various rarities, you know, we've got those mythic ones. Which, if instead you need you need the land, you know, you do have to pay three for it. So it's a little it's a it's a little bit of lightning bolt to yourself if you need that that land, or else you pay you play the other side of it. So that's in the mythic slot. In the rare yeah. slot, you've got the you've got the dual lands. You know, just the strictly worst dual land, but you know everything's worse than a dual land. Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is either you get a a red source or a green source out of one card. You can't uh, have 
like a like if it would be the regular you know taiga or or whatever it wouldn't be the actual whenever you need that land you have the color it's like at this moment pick one but it's any of the two colors and then you drop down to the uncommons and then there you get okay you get a tapped land or you get the creature or sorcery or whatever and yeah. i don't think there's any commons well the commons are just the the uh, are just the uh, full arts but yeah there's like yeah. this really cool cycle of vertical cycle of all of these possible lands double yeah. face lands so i really like the rare ones i really like the the rare ones that are just one side you know one side is one land one side is the other land i think they're a lot more skill intensive than the other ones because you know you have it's basically deciding which basic mm -hmm. you need and whatnot um i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be really sweet um i do wish they were fetchable of course yeah. but you know so does everybody so yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what everyone says in the history of magic is there any is there any fetch land that would let you just get land because i know they're all just focused on on land type but is there any that lets you get any land i'm sure there must be um no land that does i mean you have cards that'll get you know land like you know golos yeah. um power of green Tim yeah, uh, yeah, Our Promise, um, Temp with Discovery also gets you stuff like that. But no, there's no land that gets you another land. That would be really broken. So. Yeah. Yeah, so these are just land types, simply land. And um, I was just speaking last week on the last episode with, uh, with previous guest, Dragosi. We were talking about Zendikar, of course, and uh, we were talking about um, what do you... Well, let me ask your opinion, and then we'll say our opinion. What do you think about the design of this in the terms of they have this brand new like little indicator on the bottom left corner of these modal double-faced lands that indicates the other side? Any thoughts on it? Any visceral thoughts and such? Um, I like them. Um, you know, they're, I think they'll be a little confusing for anybody that doesn't look at spoilers, because I can imagine... You know, this is good for like people that look at spoilers and whatnot. But you know, when pre-release comes out, and you know, you have a lot of players that just come because there's a new set. Mm -hmm. They're like, "What does this mean?" Yeah, like they'll, yeah, like they'll have no idea what it means. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. But other than that, I, I like it. I wish. Uh, I think there's gonna, they're probably going to include some kind of like tip card uh, mm -hmm. in the packs that are basically explaining double-sided cards. Because I'll be honest, I was pretty confused about it too until uh, they actually did the explanation. Because there was a couple cards that got spoiled before they did the explanation. That was land on one side, card on the other side. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe it's like you can play other play each side. Maybe I don't know, or maybe it transforms into this. But yeah. like, I couldn't see where it transformed. And then like an hour later, they explained. It's like, okay, okay, I can see this now. Yeah, exactly. Like if in a vacuum, it doesn't make any sense. And I think this is part of the problem. So spoiler alert, when Dragosi and I talked about it, we kind of griped about the graphic design nature of it and such. Not the not the quality. The cards are amazing, but the graphic design of it in terms yeah. of we've been used to having an indicator that something flips on the bottom right. If you recall, you know, like some of these uh, cards like, let's say, in Innistrad or Shadows over Innistrad, they had at the bottom right corner the indicator that, oh, on the other side you have a you have a creature power and toughness on the bottom right. For whatever reason, they're putting it on the bottom left, perhaps because it's land related and they want to create a new right. paradigm for it. But I think that's kind of changing again. You had already, you know, Wizards already had this idea of put it on the bottom right to indicate it's a flip. They still have the top left corner icon, which that has been used many times to indicate that there's a double-faced. You know, on the yeah. one side is a sun, or yeah, on the other side is a moon. Yeah. 
Mr. Ed, yeah. So they're keeping that on the top left. That's nice. Although I think the icon for what it is on the top left is really weird. Like, I guess there's a triangle on the front side and there's two triangles on the other side. I guess that's supposed to tell you that's two sides of it. It's not as like interestingly artistic as on one side it's a moon, on the other side it's a sun, uh, or half moon or full moon, whatever. So I think just graphic design-wise, I think these double-faced cards are a little bit too cluttered and they take up a lot of mind space. And once you know what they do, okay, you got it. But for the new players, like, what's that top left icon? What's the bottom left icon? Why do the colors look different on the front and the back? If you notice that the border looks different, the black side border looks like the promo style or like the future shifted style or whatever. So I think there's like, it's way too messy. But once you know what yeah. it does, I think it's great. I agree. I agree. Just a little bit complicated at first. Like I'm worried about you know your players, but you know I'm not worried about your veterans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the last little kick them while they're down. I don't like the color on those because, for example, on a couple of those, when okay, if you look at branch loft pathway and bright climb pathway, the indicator to tell you that the backside is a plains, the background color of that seems almost exactly the same as the indicator to tell you that it's a black land right the white land black land you you have the background color of those if it's white or black like so close to each other that maybe in real life you can really tell the difference but even like one of the ones dragosi pointed out the blue one the blue indicator almost looks like white as well it looks like three of those little indicators almost look like the same color so at a distance you can't tell you can easily tell the green indicator it's green you can tell the red one i guess it's orange not red, but the other ones are, are so similar to each other that like they're trying to do a faded out color and white faded out looks weird, black faded out looks weird, and blue yeah. faded out looks weird. Yeah, I don't like I don't like those either. Yeah, the red and green ones look great. The the uh, yeah the these don't look look as good. The black and white ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's none. I just noticed that there was none that uh, you flip over and they're blue. So the blue is always on the front. Weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's no, something that, that, yeah, that yeah. I noted there as well in terms of that it's uh, for whatever reason they 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 kind of leaned in on green and red. It seems like yeah, well they they didn't do the Simic one. They didn't do Rakdos. Yeah, they didn't do Rakdos. They didn't do Golgari. They didn't do what was the other one they didn't do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking through. There was something in the cycle that was missing, but I think that's just, as Magic players, we're just so used to the five, you know, it all, it all comes back to the five colors and all of that, and then, like, the symmetry of we've got to have, like, you know, ten pairs of the guilds, and then we've got to have, like, the shards and the wedges, and we've just got to have so much symmetry, however we define it, that when we don't have it, we, we notice it, and it's weird, and all of that, but it's okay. Just play with the cards. It's okay. So, I agree. So, also... Yeah. You know, hopefully they're going to have, you know, tip card and stuff like that. But, you know, mm -hmm. start buying sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Start buying sleeves now. So They did reveal one of those token cards where you can write upon it. Uh, and, and put notes about whatever card it is. Although I think I read the official documentation said you can only write stuff about cards on it. You cannot write your, you know, laundry list on it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. When you're playing games, of course, sanctioned games. But, you know, kitchen table, yeah, like whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, well, final thoughts on double modal double-faced cards in Zendikar Rising. I got everything I want. I'm hoping that more gets spoiled. Um, I want to find one that I'm very excited about. I want to find one that will make Maloku really good, mm -hmm. if you if you remember Maloku. Uh, 
was it pay one, return a land to your hand, make a 1-1 one, one card? Because mm-hmm. that was the first thing I thought of with when uh, these double face cards showed up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, basically you can have a land early game, and then with Maloku, you can bounce it and have a creature. Mm-hmm. Like, that seemed really good. <laughs> but, like, I don't know where this is going to come into play, so... Well, that's cool how we're able to see the new cards and then instantly think back upon other cards and try mm-hmm. to try to put something together out of uh, uh, out of the the new pile of things we get. Yeah, exactly. So now, how do you feel that we have? Um, I, I did a quick search of all cards, and there's apparently six of them in the world of Magic. How do you feel about six cards in the world of Magic that are called Hagra, whatever, and it's just so close to Hargit? <laughs> uh, never thought about that. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like it. Yeah. I, I can al- I can alter the names, right? That's yeah. Legal, right? <laughs> yeah. So you got to make you got to make a Hagra tribal deck because we got Hagra Constrictor, Hagra Crocodile, Hagra Diabolist, the one that you mentioned, Hagra Mauling, and so forth. And yeah, make, make your, they're all black cards. So if you if you focus on any Orzhov or or uh, Demir or any you know Mardu or whatever focused decks, then yeah, this is a brand new tribal sub theme sub theme to add to your decks. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> it's written in the cards. You have to. <laughs> that was funny. I've never heard that one. <laughs> so, good. All right. Well, cool. Um, we talked a lot about Zendikar. Um, I guess to wrap up, general thoughts on the whole reveal on the year of the far-flung future of the year 2021, the whole reveal of all of the new sets we're going to get. We're going to get... Uh, Kaldheim set. We're going to get a Dungeons and Dragons set. We're going to get Strixhaven, and then we're going to get apparently two Return to Return to Innistrad sets. Yeah, they all look they all look sweet. I am very excited to see what they're going to do with this Innistrad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work because you know they've never done anything like this before. I'm very excited to see if they can pull it off well. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about the uh, non-standard sets as well. Yeah. The times, the what is it? Uh, Time Spiral Two. Yeah. That that sounds amazing. First of all, old border cards are my favorite, and I <laughs> saw the old border of uh, Chalice of the Void and yeah. Path. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> oh no, my poor wallet. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like, you know, for the past month or so feels like a new product's coming out like every week because yeah. it was we had jumpstart double masters you know we have a secret layer coming out coming out every other every other week now yeah so i'm having a you know i, I don't know what's i don't know what's what's going on too much product so. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to ask my boss for a raise or something. <laughs> <laughs> and when they ask you for what for that you say well magic cards of course um i'm moving i, uh, yeah. I uh, need a yeah my child needs a new crib <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ignore that I don't have a kid. Yeah, I need a child first, but yeah, I'm prepared. Yeah, also, I'm, also, I'm having a child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So, on the one hand, people people complain, well, there's too many products. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you know, it might sound harsh or whatever, but not every product is for every person, and that's yeah. that's up to people to make it their own decision. You know, be I mean, a, like be... I said, people will complain about it. About yeah. it. Yeah. Right so, you know, you're gonna. Was it the old the old saying was like you know magic players will complain if you give them a crisp hundred dollar bill because it's not you know perfect enough. Yeah, so. it's not attached to a Mox Lotus. Yes, yes. <laughs> why is every pack not? Why does every pack not have a Mox Lotus? Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I like that they. Uh, 
are experimenting with things definitely in terms of okay they're gonna they're gonna do a return to Innistrad. Um, they they mentioned they're gonna do two of them, which kind of makes me think back to for most of Magic's history, or they had the the block paradigm. They had three in a block and. I think I myself liked the idea that, yeah, let's spend time leisurely at a plane. Let's look at a variety of sets and styles. And this intro, this first of three will be focused on this. And the second of three will be this. And the third will be that. I like that. And then they, you know, if you read the commentary from Wizards, they talk about how there's, you know, the third block fatigue and it sells less and whatever. So then they went to the two two block paradigm. You know, they had it in Shadow Moor, et cetera. But then they, they really had it with... Uh, Hour of Devastation and Kaladesh and so forth. And then they finished with Ixalan. Um, and then they went to the single block of it all. And I personally don't like that. I don't like that you come to one set and then you leave and then here's a brand new set to, to yeah, you rearrange. You can't tell a good story. You can't tell a good story. You don't have cards that synergize over a long period of time. So maybe they're going to dip their toe back into the two block paradigm at the end of next year when they do two of these Innistrad sets at once. Yeah, that would be sweet. That would be very sweet. I'm very excited about that set. I'm excited about all of it, to be honest. The one that I'm most excited for, probably, Kaldheim is up there because they've been talking about Kaldheim for a while. Because mm-hmm. this, you know, especially Norse mythology. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say, I'd say in order of excitingness, we'll say just the standard stuff will be Kaldheim and then the D and D set because I just want to see what they're gonna print. Are you are you familiar with D and D? No, all? not or, too much. I, I know about it just by cultural gotcha. osmosis, but I haven't really, really played it. Okay, cool. I won't mention any characters. Go ahead and mention it. Mention it for the audience. Oh, I want to see a Strahd character. Strahd is supposed to be like a really powerful vampire. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to see something like that. I want to see... Uh, there's a place called the Yawning Portal that's like a very popular uh, very popular place in D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they're like... Like, I, I'd give you a million dollars if they didn't reprint Bag of Holding <laughs> in that. Don't don't quote me on that. Delete that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, of course, they've uh, got a reprint party. Oh, yeah, they have got a reprint party. So, mm-hmm. reprint all that stuff. Excited about that. And then the Strixhaven looks really cool, too. Because, uh, you know, that's the world that Kazmina's from. So, I'd like to, like to explore that a little bit. I don't know how they're going to make an entire set out of out of just that, but I'm excited. Well, from the little, all that I really know is from the reveal. Although people have been yeah. mentioning that it's other, it could be this, it could be that, and like I didn't know that about Kazmina actually. So I guess that's sort of like the, the the people digging into it. But to me, it sounded just kind of right away. It was like Harry Potter world. It was you know you can make a whole world yeah. out of that. You yeah. could have these various yeah. colleges, magical colleges, battling each other, and that'll be well, cool. They might actually do that. They might actually make Harry Potter base cards. That'll um that'll sell legally that'll distinct, sell. legally distinct, or like an actual like Quidditch ball card or whatever. I mean, we've got Godzilla cards. Let's. I mean, we yeah. can see if we can get a Harry, get a Harry <laughs> of Voldemort. We'll see what we got. Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of new sets coming out, and um, they harken back to uh, things we've seen and new things, of course. And then these ancillary sets, like you said, Time Spiral Remastered, that'll be cool. I, I wasn't playing during that time, and I, I don't. I don't think you were, right? That was twenty oh six. No, I wasn't. But I, I loved all those. Yeah, cards. looking back on those and. Uh, even if you're not playing during that time, I think a lot of people just kind of still look back at sets to kind of find cards for whatever de- decks they're trying to build and go down the rabbit hole. But uh, I, I was I, I noticed that when Mark Rosewater talks about uh, 
that whole time spiral block, that's when he claims some of the biggest mistakes in magic occurred because there were uh-huh. these off-color <laughs> off-color spells like, okay, a white counter spell or a, 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 a red pestilence and that sort of thing. And so uh, it's going to be surprising. But people love that. Exactly. People love that, though. People, people just, love it. it yeah, because it was the greatest mistake. It was a big mistake because everybody wanted all that stuff. Yeah. I remember when I first played Magic, that's what I thought about. Like, okay, this is the card that does this in red. What's the what's the one that does it in black? Because I want to play black. I want to play white. What's the card that does this in my colors? And then eventually as the color pie got way more solidified and it's like, no, black doesn't actually do- destroy in, uh, artifacts or red doesn't actually do this or white doesn't actually do that. But then now with, with so much call for like, okay, give us some card draw in white for commander and wizard saying, okay, we can probably do it this way. And we're starting to see a few of these like trying to give every color something but on the one hand if every color has something like why would you differentiate between colors so i think that just comes back to me like yeah a white counter spell it's obviously conditional and all of that but a white counter spell does break the idea of what white can or cannot do i agree mm-hmm. i agree i think it's gonna be fun yeah it'll, it'll be fun to see um good and then you know they're gonna do modern horizons too but yeah. you know half of modern horizons is already banned already so, <laughs> so let's see if uh they can fix that yeah well even if it doesn't uh do very good for modern it'll do great for commander i agree <laughs> i agree okay well so final thoughts on anything at all we've talked about um or that we haven't talked about no, I think we got everything covered. Uh, I think the only thing we really didn't cover is the commander decks that are coming out, which I don't know much about anyway, so that's mm-hmm. fine. So, um, yeah. I know well, there's two that are coming out. They've released the commander, if I remember right, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Those look cool. The Zendikar expeditions are always sweet. Um, the borders are very different. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of love those borders. They are definitely different than a usual magic card, but they have that sort of like geolithic type yeah. of uh, effect to them, and they must look amazing in in real life with their brand new treatments, their new foils yeah. and spot varnishes and whatever. So can't yeah. wait to check those out. And we're gonna get a reprint of Strip Mine and the Fetchlands <laughs> and yeah. what else, Wasteland and so forth. Yeah, all the good ones. And then uh, was it the showcase cards look sweet too? Very uh, colorful. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try to pick up Omnath. Uh, yeah. Maybe that Lotus Cobra, if, mm. if it's not, you know, an arm and a leg. Yeah. So. Well, you know, have have faith and uh, expect to crack it open from packs we'll and such. We'll see. We'll see how many I open. That's yeah. the problem. So. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, if I open if I open any of the uh, showcase packs, I'll show you what expeditions I pull. I'll post yeah. it on the Discord and whatnot. Definitely. So. Yeah. All right, cool. As we wrap up, how about one final tip for the audience in terms of like upping your game or just having fun in Magic or any or any sort of one tip you want to give about Magic the Gathering? I don't know. I always tell people, uh, you know, play what play what you like. Don't don't listen to everybody about what the best deck is. Mm-hmm. Play what you like and play what you're most comfortable with. I mean, the best decks, like you know. If you're really if you're a really good mono red player and the best deck is, you know, some kind of Uro control deck, don't switch over to it in mm-hmm. the last last minute because you're not going to be as prepared. It better just to play the deck that you know. I I do that all the time. I'll play 
for example, I played in Pioneer. I played Mono Red, and I knew Mono Red really well. But the best deck at the time was Inverter, and they're like, "Why didn't you switch to Inverter?" It's like, hmm. I don't have enough time to learn this deck. Yeah. So I ended up playing that event. I didn't drop a game, and I won an IQ. So. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. And now, whenever Star City fires another event off, I'm gonna show up there. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you know, play which, you, you know, play whatever. It, whatever you're more comfortable with don't play whatever is the best deck that's just my person that's just my personal opinions i think it's a very good tip and i i would uh i would tack onto it i would put a writer on it which would be also um define your goal if you're trying to top eight or whatever okay maybe you will have to play the one of the best decks that everyone else is playing maybe you will get far enough with play with what you want definitely or maybe if your expectation is simply i want to play with what i want then great you you've you've done it um yeah i uh i had like a complete fluke recently and i don't know if this is still going to be repeatable but i made it to mythic for the first time on arena this past Oh, thank you. This past um, season. And the way I did it was by playing best of one historic mono white Ulamog. This deck that I completely made up myself. I think, I don't think I've seen anyone else play it, but basically it's a bunch of mana rocks. You know, you've got the, you've got the, what's in there? The, the guardian idol. That's the two mana, mana rock that can come to life. Then you've got a two mana uh, mindstone. There's the three mana, uh, four ofs of power stone shard you know that one is like ramps you there because more shards give you more mana it's basically all mana rocks plus a few wrath of gods for pesky people that actually play creatures and then eventually i'm trying to get into little ugin uh, which is a cost reduction of colorless spells so then that little ugin could get me into big ugin you know spirit dragon so then that's a great card and then if i've got that little ugin cost reduction i'm getting into 10 mana ulamog and by the time i get to that you know gg the opponent scoops if i'm at two life and they still have 30 so that got me to mythic and i was like is this is this real and like everyone's playing these way better big brain decks that i am and i'm just playing you know like literally six different cards with four ofs in the deck and that got me to mythic that's awesome yeah so when i when i want to climb that ladder again i'm going to do it again and and what i say also about that is in terms of i usually like playing best of three standard or best of three historic and i'm more of a best of three person and here i just kind of changed it up to best of one with this like really weird dumb deck and it did it and i have a feather in my cap there but basically going back to your tip play what you want if you want to play a, a weird cat deck that's not gonna top eight you or get you up to mythic that's fine but are you playing with it in a fun way and keep experimenting and so forth and that's the right way to play exactly okay will will tell us one more time where we can find you online yeah you can find me on twitch uh twitch.tv slash 618 um my face or my facebook page is Hargit 618 my Twitter is it's Hargit six one eight. You get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get all that stuff. Um, but you know, like I said, I mostly stream. Uh, you know, I'm a stream of variety of games. Primarily, primarily right now, it's Fall Guys. We'll get back into Magic as soon as rotation starts. And, you know, we have a great community as well. We try to do party games a bunch. We'll usually define a day out where we'll play things like like Uno, um, <laughs> Fall Guys, Monopoly, all that stuff. So, you know, if you want to join the community, you're more than welcome to, you know, drop a follow, join the Discord, all that crap. Mm-hmm. Discord link is on my Twitch page. So, other than that, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. 
Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. As usual, I enjoy uh, talking about magic in uh, with a variety of people and your 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 thoughts and angles on of it all. I, I really enjoy. Yeah, thank you for having me. I always enjoy being here. I'm sorry we were like, we couldn't get a hold of each other for a little bit, but I'm glad to be here now. So it worked out, and that's the great thing about it that we mm-hmm. can do it all digitally. And uh, once we coordinate, you know, you know, time zones don't matter too much, and we can get it all done. Yes, exactly. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.